the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. Your daily source for in-depth business and investing news. We are Business 1440. KYCR, Golden Valley. A service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. New research finds it could take at least two to three weeks to recover from COVID-19. A new study finds that about 20% of the virus patients who had mild cases say their symptoms continued for weeks. That's even among young adults who mostly recovered without hospital treatment. That's correspondent Jackie Quinn reporting Texas bracing for a visit from Hurricane Hannah. Hannah's become a Category 1 hurricane a little less than 100 miles off uh, the uh, south coast of Texas. It's moving westward uh, roughly around 7, maybe 8 miles an hour at times. And it could strengthen a little bit more, uh, but we don't anticipate that it will reach Category 2 strength. That's Stacy Stewart at the National Hurricane Center. President Trump on Friday signed four executive orders, all in but checking the rising price of prescription drugs. This is SRN News. Relief Factor. Effective pain relief that really, really works. How do I know that? I don't have a script. I don't have talking points. I live it. I've been taking it for a year and a half. I had a lower back pain issue that had been plaguing me for nine years, almost a decade. I took Relief Factor for two weeks. Yes, two weeks, and my pain was gone, and it's still gone. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. Don't take my word for it. See their incredible video testimonials at relieffactor.com. And then find out for yourself if this incredible drug-free product could work for you as well as it does for me and tens of thousands of Americans. It's so very, very simple. Go to relieffactor.com, order the three-week quick starter pack. It'll be at your door in three days or less. And I guarantee it, Dr. G's guarantee, if you take it morning and evening, as do I, for three weeks, by the end of that time, you will know if it works for you like it works for me. Issues of human suffering and societal injustice play incessantly on every outlet around us. Yet, it seems like everywhere you turn, there are more unanswered questions and few honest explanations about why so many of our liberties are under attack. How do we regain order and a sense of normalcy? Find clear answers to the most important questions we face as a nation when you stream morality in the 21st century on Salem Now. This on-demand video discussion with syndicated media host Dennis Prager and distinguished theologian Dr. Wayne Grudem gives you a well-defined understanding about the enemies within our institutions and a vibrant roadmap to protect our God-given liberties. In Morality in the 21st Century, Dennis Prager and Wayne Grudem confront the toughest social issues of today by digging deep into religious and political history and through never-before-told personal stories provide a clear direction for a visionary future. Visit SalemNow.com to stream Morality in the 21st Century and type in the code MINNEAPOLIS for a 20% discount. That's SalemNow.com, promo code MINNEAPOLIS. The Wall Street Business Network is on the air. We're not looking at noise. This thing that we live in starves people. Don't hit me with them negative waves so early in the morning. It's the King Banyan Show. Life in capitalism always ends in billionaires. It's true. It's true. As an educator and former legislator, Professor Banyan steps out of the classroom and onto the airwaves to break down the local and national economic news that matters to you. No one ever makes a billion dollars. You take a billion dollars. Why don't you say something righteous and hopeful for a change? The government is the public, and the public decides what is good for itself. Why don't you dig how beautiful it is out here? It's the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Now go do that voodoo that you do. Here's King Banyan. Welcome, second hour King Banyan Show, Business 1440. 651-289-4477, the number to call with your questions and comments today. This hour, um, we're 
delighted to be joined. I'm not sure how often we've done a dual guest arrangement here, but uh, uh, these are these are folks from a, a company called Recurrent Investment Advisors, um, who are who are advisors in the energy field uh, in, and in finance. Uh, welcome to the show, please, Brad Olson and Oliver Doolin. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, King. Good morning. Thanks, uh, thanks so morning. much for having us. Uh, glad glad you could be with us today. Um, and as I mentioned at the top of the first hour, um, I don't often get a case where I have a basically one of my listeners become the producer of the show and find guests for me. But this was uh, this was quite serendipitous because uh, he's listened to the show and knows that we are interested in Minnesota here, where our show originates, um, in the uh, in the shale industry. Um, largely because a lot of uh, oil has tra- goes on trains through us to uh, refineries up in uh, the Duluth Superior area, uh, and then and then out through the Great Lakes uh, after that. So we have some interest in that. But more generally speaking, um, I'm just I'm just fascinated by uh, by by the future of energy. And you folks, and I think it's you, Brad, who has not just looked at shale and fracking and all that, but You've had interest in in broader energy issues and even including electric vehicles. So, so you have a wide range of information to share with us today. Yeah, that, that's right, King. I mean, Recurrent, as you as you mentioned, is the firm that that we founded uh, a little over three years ago after working with uh, T Boone Pickens in Dallas, who's well known in the or who was well known in the, the energy industry and. As you pointed out, if you're going to understand oil and gas and the consumption of energy, you need to understand which new technologies are going to potentially come in and, and have an impact on the industry as it stands today. Right. So, and I, I agree. So, uh, I'm just, I'm not going to, I'll try to bounce between the two of you, uh, and I'll try to call a name because otherwise we can get occasional uh, crashes. But if I don't, then, <laughs> then I'm just going to... Uh, uh, if I don't manage to give a, give a name, then I'm just going to sort of assume you two can work out who's who's better fit to answer that question. So let's start at the beginning, okay? You start. You said you started this firm three years ago. Um, you're advising in this. You're you're providing advice to investors in this area. A lot of your materials that I've been trying to read over the last over the last couple of days involve uh, just to make sure we get some language out of the way uses this phrase, midstream MLPs. Now, my listeners are not used to having me talk much about energy issues. I kind of think I know what you mean by that, but would you help our listeners understand what it is that Recurrent Advisors does regarding this particular segment of the energy field? Yeah, absolutely, King. Thanks. The uh, Just to kind of give you a little bit of background, Oliver Doolin, who's on the program with me, and I worked at a firm called uh, Tudor Pickering, also known as TPH here in Houston, um, really throughout the, the kind of full um, early stages and, and middle innings and ultimately maturity of the shale and hydraulic fracturing boom. And, and we like to say that we got uh, a front row seat to the transformation of the North American energy industry. And as that boom effectively turned into a bust over the last several years. Uh, I was working with Boone Pickens at the time, and we saw an opportunity, the team that, that was working with me at, at Boone Pickens shop, we saw an opportunity with the dislocation and the bust that was occurring in energy to create our own firm where we invest in energy and pipeline stocks. Pipeline is, is really what you refer to when you talk about midstream. Because as, as the name implies, the midstream of the energy industry, which connects the wells to the ultimate consumers like you and me, that's the midstream part of the industry. And so given the fact that there's been so much development in the oil and gas industry, a little over three years ago, we saw an opportunity as some investors were getting frustrated and exiting the industry as it was going through a, a bust or a downturn we saw an opportunity to, to come into this sector and effectively provide a fresh set of eyes as experienced investors. And so 
you know, it's, it's been a choppy time for the energy industry, in all honesty, but most of our investments are focused on that midstream segment, the, the pipeline segment of the industry. But, you know, the name of our firm, Recurrent, really alludes to the fact that in a cyclical industry like energy, things tend to happen again and again. The industry moves in cycles. And so, you know, things tend to recur, to, and hence of the name of our firm, Recurrent. And so when we look at the, the energy space, it's a very technical and complicated space, but we also try to bring what we think is kind of easy to understand historically based economic logic to the way we look at the sector to help influence the way that, that we end up making investments and uh, avoid some of the, the pitfalls that emerge when you're going through a kind of bottoming process after a, after a downturn. Okay. Now, so let me. So that was Brad. Just to make sure, I got voices identified. So, Oliver, I'm going to throw this question toward you. The interesting thing of what Brad just said is that is that uh, it it appears to me, and you're going to correct me if I'm wrong, but the midstream segment of of the the oil market of the oil energy shale natural gas market has a very different structure than, say, the midstream, what we would call midstream in electricity. Electricity transmission lines are owned by the utilities that actually sell them to the ultimate customer, right? And, but, but am I to understand, and so this is the question, do I understand that, the, that in your piece of the energy world, that's a different story? Are they not owned by the, they're not owned by the producer? They're not owned by the, by the refinery? They're actually owned by a third party? Well, yeah, uh, great to be with you, King. Uh, thanks for thanks for the the softball. Um, there's okay. a lot to unpack there, but I'll but I'll try to do it. Um, I'll try to do it as straightforward as possible. I think you kind of touched on all the tentacles that really kind of do the services we all enjoy on a day day to day basis. You know, some of those are as simple as you know pulling oil out of the ground, putting it into a refinery refining it and then putting it in, you know, into the gas station that you now you know, use to fill up your car. But you know, one thing you touched on is, um, you know, the natural gas component that really interfaces with the, you know, predominantly with the utility power companies that, you know, electrify your home. Now midstream sits in between sort of both, uh, you know, I guess relationships and they're and they're using their pipelines. They're using their you know their infrastructure that that's that's built to um, separate, combine, you know, process and 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 read and read you know and distribute uh, the appropriate products um, across across our you know, entire U.S. grid. So, for example, uh, since let's just take electricity, you're you're, you're generally you know I think about forty percent of elect- of the U.S.'s um, electricity generated. Um, is coming from natural gas. And so when we drill a well, uh, we often find that you get a sort of a bouquet of, of items or products that come out of it. And, you know, sometimes it could be strictly natural gas, and other times it could be oil, natural gas, natural gas liquids, and, and even water. And so what the midstream, uh, I guess, sort of business sits, you know, sits in the middle there and, and kind of, you know, takes apart all of those different uh, sources of, you know, or all those different um, proper uh, sub- substances, and then and then redirects them. And specific, you know, specifically for natural gas, you're moving it on a you know gathering line that connects to the well, which connects to a you know interstate pipeline, which ultimately connects to that utility power plant that you um, that you were, I think, you know, making the connection to earlier. And so, yes, you know, consumers effectively um, see you know their you know utility bill. But the utility is responsible for obviously, you know, finding the right amount of electricity at the right time, and you know they have sort of a you know a bouquet of you know products um, that that they can sort of rely on to to generate that electricity that they need. Right. Okay. So, so um, I, let me stay with you just for a second, then, because we're talking about so the pipeline that say. XL Energy, which is the big the big producer here, one, or one of the two big uh, electrical utilities up here, the pipeline that sends natural gas to them, who owns it? That's actually probably a better question for Brad. Okay. 
Brad, yeah, so, who, own, so who King, owns that pipeline? Yeah. So, so King, you're, the, the natural gas pipeline going to utility, there's generally going to be multiple sources of gas that somebody like Excel can draw upon in order to access the cheapest source of gas. And, you know, again, just to, just to kind of step back on your question and bring it back to history, you pointed out very rightly that pipeline companies tend to be independent. They are not part of a big conglomerate, and there's a historical reason for that. In the mid-'70s, U.S. oil production peaked at about 10 million barrels a day. And around that time, we were effectively consuming all of our own energy that we produce domestically. Over the next 20 years, between the 70s and the 90s, production in the U.S. went from 10 million barrels a day to 5 million barrels a day. So you basically had a multi-decade shrinking of the oil and gas industry. And so the Exxons, Chevrons, the big, the big brand name oil and gas companies effectively said, there's no growth going on in the United States. There's no real excitement for me owning these midstream pipeline assets because less and less oil and gas wow. is going through these pipes every year and selling them off to independent companies. So for Excel, my guess would be that the, the delivery in the, the Minnesota area, because of the way, if we think about North America as a broad kind of energy market, it looks like a giant funnel. Basically, you have everything converging into the Midwest and then moving down to the, the Gulf Coast where we sit in Texas. And so for somebody like Minnesota, um, you're going to be getting all of your gas more or less from Western Canada. And so when you think about Canada, it's That's a right. massive oil and gas producer. Those Trans-Canada or, or um, yeah, it's primarily going to be Trans-Canada, the biggest Canadian gas pipeline operator, bringing that gas to Excel for Excel to burn in their gas power plants and turn into electricity to keep you all, you know, warm or cool in the summertime. Mm-hmm. So that, that that's a great, great point. And I, so I just, just to put a bow on that little bit there, then, and I, I, and I think you're right about that. For Minnesota, it's probably not a bunch of small independent owners of ver- these various pipelines. TransCanada kind of has a concentration of the pipelines that are feeding into the Minnesota market. Um, I think and, that's right. And to be cl- yeah, and, and to be clear, when we say independent pipeline companies, we might be talking about a very large pipeline company. The reality is when you think about the, the thing that's so interesting about the oil and gas industry is it's so intertwined with the history of our country and uh, of our continent because you think about there's oil and gas don't, doesn't recognize border boundaries. And so oil and gas basically exists in, in underground deposits all the way from the Gulf of Mexico all along effectively the, the front range of the Rocky Mountains um, right. as you kind of go all the way up into northern Canada. And so Canada has just as much oil and gas in its underground reservoirs as the U.S. does, but Canada has about 90% fewer people. So Canada has always exported a huge amount of its Western Canadian oil and gas supplies down into the Midwest, which is ultimately the closest population center to Canada. And as Canada has produced more and more, you've now got a situation where as part of the big midstream boom of the last decade, Midwestern pipelines had to be reversed and pointed down towards Texas because Canada was frankly producing even too much for the major cities of the Midwestern region to consume. Okay, and we're getting to the we're getting to some of the more interesting stuff here and talking about the price of oil and price of gas and what's that what that's doing here. We're visiting with with Brad Olson and Oliver Doolin. They are of Recurrent Investment Advisors. Uh, We thank you for listening for us. We'll be right back with more after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Limitless access to business and investment strategy. Listen to Business 1440 with our free app, your smart speaker, or with iHeart, TuneIn, and Radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities and invest worldwide.
Hi, this is Lee. And this is Matt from the Kingdom Builders. About 22 years ago, I remember doing my father's roof in Bloomington after a huge hailstorm had gone through. And now he just had me come out and take a look at his roof because he wants to make sure it's okay. 22 years old now. Most roofs in that time era were good for about 20, 25, maybe 30 years. So if you're looking to get an honest assessment on whether your 22-year-old roof is still good, give us a call. Yeah, Lee, I remember that storm too. And as I drive around Burnsville, uh, Bloomington, the South Metro, I see all of these roofs that replaced back in 1998. And it may be time for an assessment for us to come out and let you know if you have a year or three left or if now is a good time to get those shingles replaced. For an honest assessment on your roof or gutters, give us a call at 612-900-9166 or look us up on the web at thekingdombuilders.com. That's thekingdombuilders.com. If your house needs new windows, you may be justifiably concerned about the upcoming parade of three-hour window presentations. High pressure, high priced, and all say they have the only window in the world that is right for you. Well, this year, do the opposite. I'm Ryan with my three quotes, the one-of-a-kind free service that's the exact opposite of the typical window buying experience. First of all, I'm respectful of everyone's time. In less than an hour at your house, I'll have all the info I need to email you installed quotes on any window brand from multiple local contractors. Secondly, we find the best options based on your needs in your house. Whether it's Marvin, Anderson, or local vinyl brands, I know where to get you the best prices and quality. Thirdly, zero pressure, guaranteed. You move at your pace, and I'm always available to provide more options or meet you at showrooms until you're confident moving forward. When that time comes, I'll write up the order and do a walkthrough inspection when it's done. And did I mention I have the same free process for siding and roofing? Visit my 3 Quotes online to set up a free appointment. That's the number three, my 3 Quotes. If it was 1990, you'd be listening to your favorite radio station on a bulky boombox that burns through D batteries faster than you can say you've got mail. Thankfully, it's the 21st century, and there are better alternatives. For example, just ask Alexa to tune in. Alexa, play business radio 1440. Throw out that old beeper and get with the times. Listen to your favorite business 1440 hosts and shows with Alexa and Amazon smart speakers. At TwinCitiesTuitions.com, we recognize that this school year was a little different. As you look ahead to a new chapter this fall, TwinCitiesTuitions.com will be here to help with half-price tuitions for first-time students. To see a full list of partnering schools, visit TwinCitiesTuitions.com. Welcome back. King Banyan Show, Business 1440. We're visiting this hour with Brad Olson, Oliver Doolin of Recurrent Investment Advisors here on the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Thank you for listening today. I think we're now ready to get to sort of what I think of as the meat of this of, of this issue and why I thought your most recent white paper, which people can go to to Recurrent Advisors. Let me get make sure I've got the right page here recurrentadvisors.com and you can get you can you can ask for a copy of this paper right that am i right uh, oliver they can they have to send you an email address to get get a copy like uh, you sent me yeah that's right all you have to do is just log on to our website uh type in your email address and you'll have a free reign of not only our most recent white paper but you know any of the products or any of the white papers that we've released um for, for public consumption Great. That's great. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. So here's, here's the thing, right? Uh, I live here in Minnesota. Um, I first kind of caught on to my gosh, what's happening when I was, I had a student in a class. I teach at a university, a gentleman, and uh, I was back then. I'm now a dean, but back at the time I was, I was an economics professor. I have a principles of economics class. There's this young man whose father I know who runs a plumbing business. The son is sitting in my 9 o'clock Monday class asleep, and I mean like dead to the world. I mean, not just kind of, you know, it's principles of economics, you're boring, Professor Banyan, shut the heck up. Uh, but I mean like passed out, dead. And, and when he finally snaps to, I say to him, you know, would you come over and talk to me after the class? And he says, I'm so sorry. I really have to, I have to apologize. He says, I just got back to town. I said, well, where were you? He says, well, 
You should know I've been driving back and forth uh, to uh, North Dakota for my dad. They were hired to help put in plumbing into trailers um, for the oil fields in the Bakken uh, base shelf shale uh, fields. They're seven and a half hours by car from us. All right, and they're high. They're paying them. They're paying them uh, windshield time. They're paying. They're putting them up overnight. That all is. That's got to be really expensive. My first thought was, what on earth is going on out there? They must be throwing a ton of money into that place. So I see reports, and I see, and I actually end up getting a presentation at a presentation from a state, a state uh, econ, not our state economist, but an economist who works for for our economic and our employment and economic development department here in in our state about what's going on in Bakken. And it's like there's just investment going on hand over fist. Um, along with that is all that pipe, all that pipeline building as well. And I'm thinking to myself, why on earth is this happening? Why are we investing so much in this area? Well, your paper kind of, your, your white papers kind of get at this point, don't it? That there was a ton of investment, not just in exploration, but also in the distribution systems. Is, am I right? Exactly. Yes, exactly right. Yeah, King, you're, you're exactly right. And, you know, whether you're completely new to the oil and gas industry or whether you, you consider it and look at it every day like we do, you know, this idea of kind of a, an old west um, mining town that looks abandoned, you know, this is kind of a concept that is present in every commodity extraction business. There will be booms and then busts that completely decimate these remote areas that were once hives of economic activity. And in North Dakota, we saw exactly that. When you think about the oil and gas industry broadly, what makes the price so volatile of, of oil and of gas and what makes it such a sometimes frustrating industry for consumers or for the public to kind of observe is the fact that it, as an economist, uh, you'll certainly understand this. I was not an economics major, so, so I'll kind of explain it in ways that I understand. But one of the things about the oil market is that we say the elasticity of demand is, is very low. And so when right. you need oil, when you need oil, the way I kind of think about it, again, being a non-specialist, uh, being an amateur economist as an investor, you know, if you try to sell a hot dog to someone who is stuffed to the gills after eating 10 hot dogs, they're unwilling to pay any price no matter how low the price is for that 10th that or 11th hot dog. And so oil is the same way where when the world needs 100 million barrels of oil to run all of its industries and to run all of its transportation, if that 100 millionth barrel is not available, the world is willing to pay almost unlimited amounts for that, for that final barrel to fill all the needs of global industry. And North Dakota was, in many ways, that marginal barrel, that, that barrel that China needed to put more people on airplanes who had never traveled on, on airplanes before, to put more people in India in cars. North Dakota was that high-cost barrel at the top of the market that was needed. And as soon as you got to a situation where we had produced uh, 5 million six million more barrels out of the United States that we had not found previously, the world kind of said, look, we, we don't need your six millionth barrel from North Dakota anymore. And that's why it went from a place that was paying $200,000 to folks who had no, you know, had maybe completed high school to a situation where, you know, all of those people were basically told to, to go home several years later. So the story of your student, frankly, is uh, is not uncommon. Well, I t I'll tell you what, Brad, uh, it went so far as to seeing uh, a grocery store, a grocery store chain here in our area expand into that particular market in like 2014 or 2015. And, and I remember remember reading the story and like, I don't know. That's going to work out so well uh, because it's like I think I think the horses have left the barn. It's not the time to show up with hay. Uh, 
you know, so I, I, I think, you know, to what extent, uh, and, and, and I'll, maybe Oliver, if you, you, you can pass it to Brad if you want, but if you want to take a crack at this one first, we'll give you the first crack at it. To what extent did low, did, did, uh, low interest rates play a role in this? Oh, I, I think um, I think it plays a huge role, right? So Brad and I had the benefit of basically graduating within a couple of years of each other from college and going into finance, um, you know, first jobs out of school. And I graduated in 2008. Uh, you obviously will, will remember that 2007 and eight led to the you know the, the great recession that we that we saw uh, at that time, and it was really difficult to find a job. The only place that was you know hiring for a, you know a uh, no value, very little value add college grad, um, was, was really the oil field, you know, or, or I should say energy research, you know, equities sort of desks, um, at boutique investment banks along the Gulf coast. And unsurprisingly for me, you know, I found myself, you know, moving to, you know, packing my, packing my U-Haul from New Orleans and moving to, to Houston to, uh, to cover oil field service research, you know, oil field service companies. And so, what, what I what I sort of just witnessed firsthand was you know in, in a time of sort of great calamity for the broader you know, for the broader markets we were seeing um, you know you know at, right at that point uh, a, a dislocation between supply and demand that that drove oil prices up to one hundred forty seven dollars you, you'll probably remember that that happened in July mm-hmm. of, of two thousand and eight well, within within you know six months or so of you know just the slightest demand decrease we saw prices kind of crash to thirty but rebound rather quickly that created a a an enduring um an enduring sort of scenario for companies who could always find you know could always find ways to spend money but the question was ultimately was was the you know size of the prize big enough was the reward for taking on incremental risk to explore for say you know uh shale oil or shale gas you know worthy of this you know this specific investment, and what we found was, you know, after you know a few you know engineers who sort of perfected the process of fracking, um, you know, showed that they could do it repeatedly and dependably. We found you know a, a pile of reserves and a, and a pile of production that we you know we never really uh, counted on. In fact, we thought it was quote unquote source rock, meaning. You know, no way were you going to get it out of that rock. It was only going to have to kind of, you know, eventually kind of bubble out of it over time. Well, the reality was is when you start kind of, you know, fracking it and, 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 and you know, sort of crushing that rock to release the, you know, the molecules that were there, you could do that with, re- with a reasonable degree of certainty and over, say, 15 or 16,000 wells drilled per year, which is about what we've drilled for the last, call it, seven or eight years now. You can get some pretty repeatable and and dependable results, and so um, while it does, while it is capital intensive, for example, it costs about ten million dollars to well, maybe not ten, say eight to ten million dollars to drill one of these wells. If you drill enough of them and you drill them repeatedly and and you build out the pipeline system for it, you can create a very stable uh, source of supply, so long as price is there to to justify your. Um, you know, to justify your capital investment. What, what I would say is towards the end of the last decade, we found ourselves, unfortunately, um, trying to, you know, kind of hoping to drill ourselves out of it. I, I was reminded, I never, I never, uh, I, I consider myself an amateur economist as well. I took a few classes in it, but um, probably the most, the most, uh, um, <laughs> uh, in, in, I guess, um, uh, telling example that I have in my mind is, um, you know the guy who says, "Hey, we're losing a dollar for every you know for every donut we make, but don't worry, we'll make it up on volume." Up volume. That yep. that concept that concept has, has frankly you know I think plagued the the oil and gas industry for the last call it five to five to six years um, acutely because you know all of these companies had the same playbook, which was all I can control is how much I produce. I can't really control price by myself because it's a fragmented industry. But if I just keep producing more, then maybe, just maybe, my, you know, my 20% more production this year will help me pay off the debt loads that I basically racked up from 2008 to, to now. Yeah, that, 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 
we see that in many places. Gentlemen, stay on the line. I actually have uh, John from Bloomington with a question for you. We're going to get to him right after these messages. You are listening to The King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Remember the simpler times when you felt settled, calm, if you will. Unfortunately for many, retirement is anything but simple. Tune in to this week's Money Matters with Alan Mike because they talk about how complicated retirement has become over the years. All of today's complexities and retirement decision points don't need to be overwhelming. The guys are going to help you simplify it. Alan Mike have solutions and strategies. So tune in to Money Matters with Alan Mike, 2 p.m. Sunday on Business 1440, or call them now at 855 231 6010. Have you written a book? You can become a published author with Dorrance Publishing, the nation's oldest publishing services company. Countless authors have trusted Dorrance for nearly a 100 years to bring their book to the market. Our professional team will edit your text, design your book pages, and create an appealing, eye-catching custom cover. Plus, our authors benefit from a custom book promotion marketing campaign that makes your book available where people buy books, like Amazon and -and brick-and-mortar bookstores. So make this free call right now to claim your your free author's guide to publishing. Don't wait another day. Take one step closer to realizing your dream of becoming a published author and seeing your name in print. You've already written a book, so the next thing to do is make this free call right now to Dorns Publishing and get your free guide to publishing. Call right now. 800-482-8399. 800-482-8399. That's 800 482 8399. Did you know my mom's gonna have a baby? She is? Will it be a boy? Or will it be a girl? We don't know yet, but we heard the heartbeat, and my dad said this is gonna be someone very special. You mean like being a president? Or maybe a doctor? Well, probably maybe like a singer or dancer, I think. Hello, my name is Marianne Kuharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. We know that every baby is a miracle and has the potential to do great things. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives or assistance or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please call 1-800-366-7773 or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. Vital Oxide is a great product American Pressure offers. What is Vital Oxide, you ask? It's an EPA list and certified disinfectant, also safe for no rinse on food surfaces. It's great against odors and will disinfect and sanitize against COVID-19. Plenty in stock. Order on our website at AmericanPressure.com. That's AmericanPressure.com. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, Business 1440. Visiting with uh, Brad Olson and Oliver Doolin, Recurrent Investment Advisors, RecurrentAdvisors.com. RecurrentAdvisors.com is their website. Their white papers are, let me say, I'm going to put in the plug. They're understandable, probably because they they confess that they're not economists. Brad, I actually heard you, uh, I actually read that you're, had a background in Slavic studies and perhaps uh, want a place to brush up your Russian again. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I, I definitely had a liberal arts background, philosophy and Slavic studies. I studied abroad in Russia. And so, uh-huh. you know, to be honest with you, I found that, um, you know, the kind of liberal arts uh, outside the box thinking and problem solving has actually been, you know, a, a pretty good fit for investing and trying to figure out, you know, the complicated machinery that makes up the the global economy as a dean of a school in the liberal arts let me just say you're singing my song sir i really appreciate that (laughs) very much i'm gonna pull that little i'm gonna pull that little bit out and probably play it for my students um we have a caller on the line at 651-289-4477 john from bloomington uh calling he's actually thinking about a particular company that may have been 
uh, less diversified uh, then than now. John, go ahead. Yes, uh, thank you, Professor. You might know me as the Sioux Falls guy, but I do have a couple questions here. Oh, yeah, you're the Sioux Falls guy, right? Right, right yeah. The, um, when I was in college, there was a very fine company in Salt Lake called Mountain Fuel Supply. They later changed their name to Questar, and they were unique in the sense that they were gas distribution. They distributed gas in Salt Lake City and in Utah and southwest Wyoming. But they also had their own natural gas wells and their own pipelines. And about a year or so ago, they were purchased by a large eastern utility called Dominion Power. But recently, for some reason, Dominion Power decided to sell off quite a bit of those assets like you're talking about, they sold off the transmission lines. And uh, I was wondering if you had any information as to why they did that. They sold them, by the way, to uh, Warren Buffett, who seems to have quite an interest in uh, pipelines. But the other comment I wanted to make is the other industry in Minnesota that might be affected by the things you're discussing, if you if you look at the area starting around Kasota, Minnesota, which is near Mankato, when you go east, there's a lot of rock formations that, and um, there were a lot of companies that were uh, providing sand and silt to the fracking industry, yeah. and they they seem to be having a little difficulty now. I wonder if you have any comment on that. Yeah, absolutely, John. Great, great questions and a lot of great history uh, embedded in there. Uh, as you know, as a side note, my mom uh, is actually from Sioux Falls, so. Um, it's funny how that, <laughs> that works out, but mm-hmm. it, you made it, you, you linked up a, a interesting set of facts. So Questar was a, a Utah based, um, combined utility and drilling oil and gas producing company, which broke into two companies. Questar was the utility arm and QEP resources, which still trades is a, um, at this point, somewhat somewhat struggling and under a lot of debt, oil and gas producer, which is kind of indicative of the broader industry. But you, you made a, uh, the, the point that Dominion bought out the regulated assets, including the gas pipelines, out of Questar. And really, this kind of is reflective of what we've been talking about. Dominion was a boring regulated utility relying largely on, you know, the, the regulated returns guaranteed by the state of Virginia and uh, a couple other mid-Atlantic states. And they wanted to expand their um, less regulated pipeline businesses because they viewed with all of the drilling going on that they could grow earnings much faster in a lightly regulated pipeline segment than they could grow earnings in a regulated utility, which effectively just relies on population growth in and around the state of Virginia. So they made what I would consider to be a somewhat um, like, like a cat kind of, kind of chasing, uh, you know, a, a stuffed mouse. They moved from the regulated business into the pipeline business by buying Questar at the time when, the growth coming out of new wells being drilled was at its peak. A few years later, the growth rate out of all these pipeline assets, um, you know, the growth rate coming out of new oil and gas wells in North America has slowed down a lot. Even before COVID hit, it, drilling rates were slowing down. And Dominion basically looked and said, we'd rather have the guaranteed stable earnings guaranteed by the state of Virginia and the other mid-Atlantic states where we operate and kind of, you know, throw in the towel on our, our pipeline uh, misadventure, if you will. And there's always someone willing to take a long-term view on the earnings potential of pipelines or any business, and obviously that's Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett had not bought a pipeline business since 2002, when he bought Mid-America Holdings, which is actually a, a major gas provider in the northern Midwest as well. And so Warren Buffett looked at the situation. He said, like a lot of pipeline companies, Dominion took on too much debt to buy these pipes. They assumed too much long-term growth. And now they just want to be rid of these pipeline assets at a valuation that effectively guarantees me a 10 or 11% 
cash return in a world where interest rates are hovering around uh, 1%. So Warren Buffett looked at it similar to the way we look at the world and said, if you have a long-term view, pipeline assets are actually very interesting. But if you're one of these companies that bought in during the peak of the pipeline growth craze, you know, like Dominion did, you're probably disappointed. Okay, so let's stop there. John, thanks for the call. Appreciate that. I've got, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to re-ask his second question uh, uh, to, to either of you uh, to pick up. But, but uh, yeah, the frac sand story down in southeast Minnesota was an interesting, interesting story because there's, of course, a lot of opposition from environmental groups to this. Um, I assume that, that uh, what's happened between uh, COVID and OPEC has pretty much also killed the frac sand industry as well. Am I right about that? Well, that, that industry came, was actually, yeah, it was actually under a lot of pressure again before COVID. And simplistically, you know, the the fun thing about energy is it's so interdisciplinary, and you know, you become a little bit of an amateur uh, geographer as well as an amateur economist because. A lot of the purest deposits of white sand exist in Wisconsin and Minnesota, as you as you uh, and your caller rightly highlighted. But most of the oil drilling going on in North America sits much closer to the Gulf of Mexico down in Texas. And although there's some in, in North Dakota as well. And so for several years during the peak of the drilling boom, Texas wells were being supplied by white sand coming out of Wisconsin and Minnesota. And as a result of that, sand is very cheap to get out of the ground, but very expensive and heavy to ship. So producers in Texas were buying sand at a price that was basically 20% sand and 80% railroad costs. And so as you can imagine, the amount of sand drilling that started popping up in, in Texas, even though that sand is of a lower quality, it effectively created an opportunity for sand mining in Texas because you could avoid that 80% of your cost structure, which was a result of uh, BNSF bringing it all the way down from, from the northern Midwest down to Texas. So what happened effectively was, first, you had way too much mining going on in Texas, all chasing the same source of profit, that effectively undercut the mining profitability for those Wisconsin and Minnesota mines. And then ultimately, you ended up just producing too much sand out of Texas. And as drilling slowed down, you know, Texas mines have gone bankrupt in addition to the already long struggling financial position of a lot of those northern Midwest mines. Okay. Well, let's take, let's take our last break here. We're talking with uh, Brad Olson, Oliver Doolin of Recurrent Investment Advisors, recurrentadvisors.com, uh, 651-289-4477, the number to call if you've got a last question for us in this hour. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Business 1440 is KYCR Golden Valley. It's back to school time. So whether your kids will be back at school wearing masks or you're keeping them at home, one thing will stay the same. Back to school is expensive. So let us help. Enter the back to school sweepstakes. You could win $2,500 to help pay for school supplies and kids' clothing. Then your school gets an additional $2,500. Register for the back to school sweepstakes at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. That's TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. 
produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. I can't believe we have to make this commercial. It's ridiculous. You'll think it's ridiculous, too. Listen to this. This commercial is about, well, it's about parents being rude at high school athletic events. Ridiculous, right? It gets worse. Studies show more than 75% of new high school officials are quitting because of bad adult behavior. So now there's a shortage of refs here in Minnesota in almost all sports. No officials means no more games. Is that what you want for us? Come on, parents. It's time to grow up. Cheer for your team. Be proud of your children. But stop being so ridiculous. And don't make us run another commercial. Because we will. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. Reminding you to always practice good sportsmanship. Need windows? Why sit through three separate high-pressure sales quotes when you could get three competing quotes in less than one hour? Hi, I'm Ryan, owner of My Three Quotes. I will personally come out to your home for free. No pressure, no gimmicks, three quotes guaranteed. Visit My Three Quotes today. Whoa, look at all these options. You could fill an entire warehouse with all the different ways you can stream Business 1440. Top shelf choices include TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com, our free app, and Radio.com. Welcome back, King Banyan Show. This is 1440. We're not quite ready to say goodbye yet to uh, our guests this hour, Brad Olson, Oliver Doolin of Recurrent Investment Advisors. Gentlemen, and, and uh, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll throw this toward Oliver to, to get us started, and then Brad can sort of come in the back. back. Uh, Brad, Oliver's nervous because I threw him the hard question uh, earlier in the hour. He thinks this one will be hard, too. This is just generally, <laughs> look, so this one's just going to be general, uh, sort of a future-looking piece. This morning's Wall Street Journal has a story about uh, Schlumberger uh, laying off, uh, what, 21,000 workers, announcing uh, earlier this week we had Chevron buy Noble Energy, uh, which is a shale business. Is, is this what we're going to see, a lot of consolidation, a lot of pullback for a while? Uh, and, and you know, basically think about the future of, of – of this business, we've we've put so much. We seem to have bet a lot on an expanding oil production business in the United States as being a way to make the the U.S. economy uh, grow more. Was that a bad bet? It's it's funny that you passed that one on to me. I'm sure Brad's kind of smirking because uh, once upon a time, not not too long ago, my my wife actually worked for Summer Jay, and in 2014, I I had. Um, I just kind of had this crazy idea to go pull up all the the 10K statements from all of the energy companies, all the publicly one, publicly traded ones that we followed, and just kind of tabulate, you know, all the employees that each one of them had. And to start out, I want to say Schlumberger in 2014, kind of in the peak of, you know, the shale revolution was um, was around 120 to 130,000 employees. My wife survived six rounds of layoffs before ultimately, you know, moving on to, to a different job. But if your if your numbers are correct, you know, we were talking about kind of ninety thousand when she left. So now we've down we're going from one hundred and forty to basically seventy, maybe sixty five thousand employees worldwide for this company that is widely regarded as kind of being the you know the Cadillac oilfield service company in the business. And I just think it's really kind of interesting and, and kind of a case in point to what Brad pointed out earlier. You know, you talk about the boomtown kind of dynamics of, you know, the, uh, the oil and gas you know, industry. Um, we, we do see this. This is, this is part and, you know, kind of part of the whole, the whole um, you know, business cycle that, the, that this industry undergoes. And I think it's a, an incredibly interesting one because, you know, for a lot of reasons, when we, you know, when we meet with, you know, actually institutional endowments, you know, uh, university endowments, you know, family offices that are extremely wealthy folks who, you know, are looking for multiple years down into the future, you know, looking out into the future, we get a lot of questions about kind of what, what is, what does energy policy look like in the U.S.? What does energy production look like in the U.S.? Um, you know, how quickly are we going to go from, you know, what is it, 11 million, you know, internal combustion engines 
sold uh, every year in the United States to, uh, you know, 50% electric vehicles? You know, th- these are the questions that everyone has a, has a, you know, a desire to know, obviously for you know, investing purposes, but also really just kind of trying to understand what the world's going to look like. I, yeah, you know, so, I, we have our own opinions, and it, it's probably another segment worth of conversation. But there's there's a lot to kind of unwrap there. I think ultimately we're going to see a you know a resurgence here because um, if we get to anything close to where we were consumption wise you know, prior to COVID, say 100 million barrels a day of oil uh, demand per year, uh, there's going to be a call on uh, U.S. production to supply that, and we've already seen you know two and a half million, two million barrels a day of oil come offline just in the last two months on a base of 13. So there's there's quite a bit of pain that's already been endured. And we've seen that this this, this industry kind of jerks forward and, and sort of lurches backward. So I got about two minutes left, Brad, and I'm going to pass them back to you just to note, in the first quarter, uh, Schlumberger had 103,000 employees versus the 140 that Oliver mentioned. They're now at 85, and I don't know if this 21 is in addition to is an additional cut from 85 or is reflected in the 85 or not. But at any rate, it's, um, it's, it's a huge drop. Uh, where, I mean, where do you see, I mean, we've gone from, as I'll just know, we went from 13 million produced per day down to 11 million produced today. You only have to go back to 2018 to remember when we were below 10. Are, are we going back <laughs> below 10 or, are we gonna, or is production going back up? You know, for, for the, the next couple of years, production's going down. And, you know, King, your, your question, which was definitely probably the hardest one of the hour, was oil and gas a good bet for America over the last decade? Um, the reality is, is that commodity businesses like oil and gas, like agriculture, um, punish success, right? And that's just the structure of the business. The reality is in 2008, we were talking about how the world had no way to produce enough oil to accommodate China and India, and that oil was headed to $200 a barrel, which would really start to crush a lot of basic industries around the world and make the cost of living much more expensive for everybody. And today, we, in the last decade, have added an entire Saudi Arabia between Texas, North Dakota, and Oklahoma. And the world now looks and says, well, this was kind of a waste. Oil is in the tank, and uh, you know the U.S. has kind of br- taken a lot of the brunt in its in its shale industry. But the Gentlemen, reality is, the, yeah, sorry, I have to let ahead. it go there. I have to let it go there. We're out of time for today. Hey. Thank you so much, uh, gentlemen, uh, and we'll be back next week with another episode of the King Banyan Show on Business fourteen forty. For about a century and a half, the Salvation Army has offered practical assistance and the life-changing message of the gospel to those in need. Over the coming days on the airwaves here, you'll hear stories of lives transformed, the volunteers who make it possible, the great need here locally, and how you can make a difference. We've partnered with the Salvation Army to support Twin Cities locations whose services are strained due to COVID-19. How great is the need? Well, usually they'd serve about 150 meals a month, Currently, they're serving about 400 or more a day. These are our neighbors who lost their jobs or were furloughed. Those facing foreclosures are struggling to pay rent or don't have a home. Those in our community who are forced to decide whether to buy necessary medication or put food on the table. In these dire situations, the Salvation Army steps in and with your support can meet this rising need. Together, we'll learn more over the next week on how we can help our community. Keep an eye on our social media and website for details on the Here to Help campaign. Supported by Frauenschuh Commercial Real Estate. We're here with another satisfied JTR Roofing customer. What did your home need? We needed an exteriors update. We needed roofing, siding, um, entry doors, and our storm doors replaced. Why did you choose JTR Roofing? After meeting with their sales team and looking at the products that they were offering, as well as the warranty, it was an easy choice to choose JTR. What did you think of the work JTR did? The job was completed in a timely manner. The crews were very professional and the workmanship was outstanding. We didn't have any surprises along the way or on our final bill. JTR was very knowledgeable and made it very comfortable from start to finish. Our house looks great. We received multiple compliments from friends and family. I was 100% satisfied with the work from JTR. Go to JTRRoofingInc.com to set up your no-obligation consultation. 
That's JTRRoofingInc.com. So I'm standing here right now looking at 10 different brand new LG refrigerators, stoves, washers, and dryers. And we have all 10 listed at a minimum of $500 cheaper than most of our competitors. That's huge considering at PJ's Appliance Outlet, we do not use the fictional, often inflated MSRP price that most appliance stores use to get these savings. At PJ's, we're discounting real-time competitors' pricing for the same appliances throughout the cities. Hey, it's PJ here from PJ's Appliance Outlet. Now, I know you've heard all about how our customers travel from all over the Twin Cities to save hundreds, sometimes thousands, on name-brand appliances. In fact, customers upgrading several appliances have more often than not walked out of our store saving thousands. There's only so much I can say in a radio ad about our products, prices, and ironclad warranties. So if you're looking for new appliance or just feel like browsing, come check.